His grace and mercy. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. This very second, if we're breathing in and out, that's enough to give God praise. He didn't have to do it. Somebody woke up and couldn't even move. But we got activity of our limbs. And we too proud to wave our hands. We too proud to give God a holy dance. Hey, Jesus. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Good morning. Hey, we can do better than that in the Lord's house. I said, good morning. And welcome to Zion Hill Church family. Well, Dr. Joshua Jardaz, the senior pastor, we thank God for each of you worshiping with us on this morning. If you are a first-time guest, stop by our guest service center. We have a special gift for you. If it's your first time worshiping with us online, please click share, like, subscribe, and be a blessing to someone else on today. If you're in the sanctuary, I know that you're on, your, on, on the book. Go on and share or go live and share the service. Because as soon as I get through praying, yeah, Lord, Pastor Gray are going live. And let's share with the world what God is doing at Zion Hill. Amen. This is how we connect with the world to tell the world about our Savior. We highly recommend Jesus on today. But we, we need you to just lay hands, stretch your hands forward on our children on today. It takes courage and bravery for our babies to be before us on today. So make sure you pray for them, that God will remove that fear from them, that they can be able to give God their best praise. Amen. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us today. Oh God, fill the temple, oh God, with your anointing. For your anointing destroys the yoke. Oh Spirit of the living God, we ask you to heal broken hearts on today. Let us leave whole on today. Let us leave refreshed and revived on today, God. Oh, we surrender all on today, withholding nothing, God. Only you, God, can solve all of our problems, God. Father, we thank you for being our provider. We thank you, oh God, for being our protector. We thank you, oh God, that you give us new mercy daily. Lord, we know we're not worthy, so we thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you are a forgiving God. You are a God of another chance. So we say thank you. Lord, we thank you for every good and perfect gift. Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus to bless everyone that's assembled in the house on tonight. We ask you, oh God, to bless our, our viewers on today, God. We send out a special anointing and blessing. Work it out for our good, oh God. Work it out for our good, God. Father, we know that you're able to do exceedingly above more than we ever ask or think. 
We lift up Pastor Dara and First Lady uh, Dara to you on today. Father, pour back into them what they have poured into us, oh God, with a double portion of anointing, God. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And the people of God, Shabbat God with hallelujah. Come on, don't stop praising God this morning. Can we give God a praise? Just as Pastor Greer said, we have so much to be thankful and grateful for. So all of my grateful people, open up your mouth and bless the Lord this morning. All of my thankful people, open up your mouth and bless the Lord this morning. And look at somebody and say, neighbor, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Look at somebody behind you and say, I just want to remind you that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And tell somebody, say, you've already won the victory. And the fight and the battle is over, so you can go ahead and shout right now. Can somebody shout and make some noise? Everybody clap those hands like this. Come on. Authority over the enemy. 
an undefeated God. He's an undefeated God. That is what I need you to do, God. Fight this battle for me.
In fact, we as people need to see it as the best time of worship. Because when we give unto the Lord, because he give us so much, we can't even keep up. So it's, an, it's just an honor to be able to give back to the Lord. But it's in the manner in which you give it. In 2 Corinthians 9 chapter and 7 verses says, Let each one give as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8 went on to say this, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always have all sufficiency in all things, may have all abundance for every good work. So if you give unto the Lord, he already promised he'll give back to you. But are you able to be faithful and can he trust you with what he didn't bless you with? The seed is only a seed as long as it's in your hand. The seed cannot grow until you plant it. So I can tell you it's evident that John Hill is fertile ground for you to plant your seed. Good fertile ground. It's evident. Don't you see this beautiful sanctuary? Some people sowed seed and we got evidence. Look at your life. Ha haven't God been faithful? Continue to sow good seed and you'll reap your harvest. There's ways to give at Zion Hill on today. If this ministry has been a blessing to you on today, you have a great opportunity to uh, do our QR code on the screen, text to give to 73256, enter ZH family dollar sign, or go to the giving tab on the church website. Or you can simply stop by and drop your offering. We have a, um, a drop box on the side. Many ways you can give. There's no excuse you can go on RAM and give. We've made it comfortable in giving. Now, in your giving, I know you won't know where your money going to. Well, we're still trying to build the Youth Digital Center. We need your money for that. We want to send our children to college. You can give to the scholarship fund. There's many ways that you can give and purpose to give. Many projects that you can donate. And it's evident that the money is used appropriately. Let's go to God in prayer. Oh, gracious Father, we thank you now for this opportunity to render back to you what you have given to us, Father. Father, your word says, render unto Caesar what is due Caesar, but render unto the Lord what is due the Lord. And Lord, we give of our tithes and our offerings to you as a cheerful giver, God. We pray in the name of Jesus that it'll be a double-fold blessing, oh God. Father, bless your people, oh God, those that have the desire to give ahead and not, God. Father, bless that individual with the widow's might, oh God. Father God, we thank you and we honor you, oh God, for every good and perfect gift. This is our act of worship in giving. In Jesus' name, amen. Ursus, you may come forward.
we can do better than that. Let's celebrate these young people. Wow. What an impressive morning. I'm going to ask you to, to do me a favor. Uh, let me introduce to you our new pastor in the house all the way from Mississippi. My brother, will you please stand? Come up here. Come say hello to your church. This is the newest member of our ministerial team. Some of you, sometimes you ask me, who are these preachers? And after my brother greets you and let you know who he is and all that good stuff, I'm going to ask these young people to sing that song again. And this time, I'm going to ask every one of you to stand in support of those children. If you don't know how to sing, clap your hand. If you can't clap your hand, shake, your, shake something. Just do something for the Lord. Amen. Pastor, is all yours. I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord and pray. My name is Reverend Michael Diggs. I'm originally born and raised in Tallulah, Louisiana. When I got out of the military, I moved to Mississippi. So the pastor said that I'm from Mississippi, but I'm Louisiana bred and raised. Uh, it's an honor to be here, and I'm elated to be a member of this congregation. If I can. I was worried last week because I didn't see no babies. You know, because without them babies, can I say this? The church is dead. We're moving on. That's the new Mount Zion. Zion Hill, I'm sorry, Zion Hill. That's the new Zion Hill. See, I'm glad y'all paying attention. Correct me when I'm wrong. There, lets you know one thing Zion Hill ain't going nowhere because as long as you got children, you got life. As long as you got children, there's some teaching that needs to be done. And I'm gonna say this and then I'm gonna sit down with the pastor that we have, teaching is gonna go on. Y'all didn't hear me now. I say with the pastor that we have. I didn't say you guys. I say the pastor that we have. Teaching is going to continue. So I'm saying that and I'm going to sit down because he going to preach. But I thank for the opportunity to introduce myself. And don't feel that you can't come to me and talk to me because if I need to talk to you, I'm coming to talk to you. Let me get everybody on your feet. I'm up here sweating. All y'all finna work out. Let's go. Now we got a real simple rock to this song. Okay, y'all gonna do it with us. We're gonna start going this way, just like this. Here we go. Just like this. 
walk so you can put some arm movements with it like this. Here we go from the top. Who opens doors? Doors that I can see. Jesus will. How many of you know that's your testimony? And not only that, but who will make all my decisions? All my decisions for me. Jesus will. Don't lose your rock. Don't lose your rock. Now you got it. Come on, let's do that again from the top. Who opens doors? Hey! Like this, come on. I know he 
Come on, put your hands together like this. Jesus will. Give me everything you got. Let's go on one more time. Say, oh yeah. Chapter 10, verse 19. Thank you, children. That was awesome. Some of us need the exercise anyway. But I won't mention no name. Praise the Lord. The book is St. Luke, chapter 10. Verse number 19. I honor and celebrate all of our guests. We appreciate you. Thank you for being in the house. I notice one thing the church is getting full again. To God be the glory. Thank you for your faithfulness. To God be the glory. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon what? Serpents, that's snakes, and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we say good morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here. Thank you for the opportunity to gather together in your name. Thank you for your promise that where two or more are gathered in your name, you're going to be right in the midst of them. Welcome you and we thank you for your presence. Lord, we pray this morning that questions that are brought to this church this morning will be answered. We pray for miracle healing in our body. Everyone believing God for a miracle this morning. 
pray that you, God, will make it happen for us. Help us to hear the word of God. Help us to comprehend what we're hearing. Minister to our spirit man today in a very special way. Now I step back that you may step up. Have your way in this house. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, You Need to Watch Out for the Snakes Around You. Watch out for the snakes around you. This is a message of deliverance for every one of us, from the pulpit to the pews. Please take note, the passage I read to your hearing, the Bible says, Behold, I give you power to tread upon some things. And then, so that you don't have to guess about it, the word of God gave you a list of things that God has given you and me authority to walk upon. One of those leaves is serpents. The word serpent, ladies and gentlemen, means snakes. The first time we hear that word, ladies and gentlemen, was in the book of the beginning, the first book of the Bible, in Genesis. If you recall, the whole creation started in Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says God created some things. And God looked at the things that he created. He said, it is good. And then you go into chapter 2 of the book of Genesis. He kept creating more. Even he created you and me. And again, he looked at what he was doing. He said, this is very good. God having a conversation with himself. And then all of a sudden, we get to Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1. And then we see a new character introduced to us. And that new character is the serpent. Snake. Now, of course, as a theologian, the first question that came to me is, where on earth this one came from? We've been having a good time. All the creations is flourishing. God said, this is beautiful, very good, looking good. And all of a sudden, bam, a new character introduced. Then if you study your Bible, if you go to the last book of the Bible, which is the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 9, then you see that God again comments on this serpent. This time he says, Satan, 
that old serpent. So you don't have to guess who he's talking about. So we know he was talking about Satan. In Genesis, he introduced him, and in Revelation, he called him old serpent. He would deal with him. So the word serpent means snakes. There's a brother by the name Sam Jackson. If you recall, he made a movie. It says, snakes on the plane. Don't quote it. Don't quote it. And bless God, as I was thinking about it in my own sanctified mind, it don't mean that there may be snakes in our churches. Not just the airplane, but right in the church. If you look with your spiritual mind, you see snakes crawling around. Snakes around the pulpit. Snakes around the pews. Snakes around the usher board. Snakes in the choir stand. Snake in the deacon board. You look around, you see snakes everywhere. Even this morning, you may be sitting next to a snake. I don't want you to think that all snakes are in the ground. Some of them are dressed up. Some of them are bald-headed. Some of them have lipsticks on. I'm talking about snakes in the house of God. Snakes in the church. There are some things you need to know about snakes. Why is this important? So the next time you see one, you make sure you don't play with it. Are you still here? Yes, sir. The first thing I want you to know about snakes is that they are cold-blooded. Am I right about it? I don't know about you. I've met some cold-blooded people in the house of God. They won't talk to you. And if you talk to them, they won't answer you. Just cold-blooded. If you try to be nice to them, they look mean at you. I mean cold, hateful, just some friendly. They talk to you with their eyes. Just bunch of low-down people in the house of God. Have you ever met a cold preacher? Now, this is supposed to be the servant, the servant of God, but just cold-hearted. Have you ever met some cold churches? I've been to some churches. It's cold. It's so cold you can make the, the center aisle as uh, ice skating. You can literally skate around the church. Because it's that cold. The worship is cold. The singing cold. The preaching cold. Just cold. Cold. No power. 
No anointing. Just cold. Sometimes it gets so cold in some churches, you just feel like going to sleep. You see folks singing, I charge to keep, I have, and don't want to glory. You see folks singing, I'm standing on the promises, but they're sitting on the premises. Isn't it strange that I have to ask the whole congregation to get up just to be able to praise God? Sometimes I will see the choir singing their heart out. Sometimes the worship team, they'll be praising God and, and dancing and praising God. And some people will be sitting there rolling their eyes. It's cold. Sometimes I'm scared to look back because I'm afraid what I may see. It's like a, a young man that said to his girlfriend, he said, baby, I love you. If I had a thousand dollars, I'd hug you with all of it. And the girlfriend responded, he said, I know you're lying. Because you haven't done nothing with $5 in your hand. So, so sometimes you can look around and see that some people are just cold. I don't care if you, if you get the best singer in the world. If you bring Tasha Cup or Cook Franklin or anybody. They'll still sit there. As if the Lord has done nothing for them. David said, I went to bed last night. I got up this morning because the Lord sustained me. Just because you are up, breathing, clothed in your right mind, that's enough to give God the glory. I don't care who is singing, I don't care who is the solo. Because God has been a good God. You ought not to be cold. Snakes are cold-blooded. Am I right about it? Another thing I need you to know about snakes, ladies and gentlemen, is the snakes, they always walk crooked. I don't care where you put a snake. The moment you turn him loose, he go like this. They never walk straight. And some church folks are like that. You can preach until your tongue fall out. When you see them walking, they never walk straight. Ladies and gentlemen, I hate to say this. There are some crooked folks in the house of God. Am I right about it? Even there are some crooked folks in the pulpit. There are some crooked folks in the deacon board. Hey, don't turn me up. <laughs> Somebody told me to wear my school shirt, so that's why I'm in yellow today. I'm from Southern University, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> there are some crooked folks in the choir stand. 
<laughs> I see all the grammar and I just went silent. Just <laughs> crooked people. <laughs> In the awesome. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, goodness. Even in government, you'll be amazed how many crooked people are in the seat of power. Then you wonder why very little gets done. Crooked people in the pulpits, in the pews, all over the church. Another thing I want you to know about snakes, I told you they're cold-blooded. I told you they walk crooked. But you need to know also that snakes will bite you. I don't care how good looking a snake is. I don't care how many of them tell you, oh, I'm a nice snake. I've never met a nice snake in my life. All of them will bite you. I know some of you are hanging around snakes because that snake has told you it would never bite you. But then when you get beaten, then you call the preacher. And I have to re remind you, snakes, a snake is a snake is a snake. And snakes do bite. There's no such thing as a nice snake. The good news, ladies and gentlemen, if you study the word of God long enough, God will not stop a snake from biting you. But God will stop the bite from killing you. Oh, you miss a good place to shout. I don't know about you, I've been beaten. Many times by snakes. But thank God. He would never allow the bite to kill you. Notice when beaten by a snake, sometimes you may be beaten privately. But sometimes a snake will bite you publicly. There's a difference between a private bite and a public bite. You see, in a private bite, ladies and gentlemen, it is when you are beaten by a snake and nobody knows about it. You can go in the privacy of your home, cry about it. Allow God to heal the wound. And sometimes it's when you are, you are guilty, but God protected you. Is there anybody here that you know what they are saying about you is true? That you are guilty of what they say? But God cover you anyhow. Do I have any goodness in the house? Am I the only one saved by grace? What they said is the truth. But somehow, some way, God favored you. There are some of you here, you should have lost your job. But God protected you. Am I right about it? There are some of you, you should have lost your marriage. But God protected you. You'd be amazed how many people here should have lost their mind. 
But look at God. He protected you. Do I have a witness in the house? That's a private bite. But what do you do when a snake bites you publicly? And sometimes God will allow that to put your trouble on display. Sometimes in this life, what you are going through, God will make sure that everybody know about it. If you remember, an example was given in the book of Acts, chapter 28, verse number 3. Apostle Paul on the, land, on the island of Malita, he was beaten by a snake. And the snake bite was public. It was so public, the barbarians who lived on the island, they saw it. And they knew that in matters of few minutes, he would be gone. So they simply were watching their wristwatch and say, okay, this one is gone. <laughs> Too bad. But you'll be amazed how many people are watching for you to die. They can see what you've gone through. They saw the story. And you would think they love you. But behind your back. Snakes. Sometimes God allows you to be beaten publicly. So that some co-workers can see. So that some family members can see. So that some friends can watch you. They say, oh, look at what happened to Rafe. Look at what happened to Sister Soso and so. Why would God allow that? God would do that so that people, sometimes they cannot see your God. And they cannot see your faith. But they, they can see your problem. Because that's what they're used to on television, in their movies, in their books. The, the, the whole TV, all day is saturated with negative news. So they can see it when you're beaten, when you're in trouble. But then they start watching you. They won't watch God. They won't go to church. But they see you in trouble and they want to see. They're looking at their wristwatch to see if you're going to make it. And if you make it, then you become a testimony to them. So don't think God has forsaken you when he allows you to be beaten publicly. Don't think heaven is against you when your problem, a private problem, become a public display. Because somebody will see God through your experience. How you handle yourself can become a witness to somebody. When they see that you survive, when they see that you're still standing, that's what happens to Apostle Paul. Those barbarians were expecting him to die. But because he was yet living, now they know there must be something special about this man. Ladies and gentlemen, somebody here, you've been through this storm. Yes, 
But guess what? You're still standing. Do I have a witness in the house? Some people have been through bankruptcy. But you're still standing. Some people have been through divorce. And they're still standing. Some people lost their job. And it looked like things were over for them. But the grace of God. You look back over your life. You see what could have happened. What should have happened. What almost happened. But yet you are still standing. Do I have a witness in the house? Say thank God. I'm still standing. Amen somebody. By the way, before I leave the testimony of Paul, not only was he standing after the snake bite, but please notice how he got rid of the snake. Sometimes when you are beaten in life, you need to learn to shake it up. Some of you, you want to hang out with snakes. But no, you don't hang out with snakes. If you see a snake around you, Wrap around your arms. What you need to do is to shake it up. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, shake it up. I know it's not been easy, but you are still here. I know it's not been smooth, but you're still here. I know you can still feel the pain, but you're still here. Ladies and gentlemen, we serve a God who take care of people who are beaten by snakes. You need to know there are different types of snakes. Am I right about it? I happen to come from Africa, so I, I know a, a little about these things. Many of you here, you know about rattlesnakes. But there are some more dangerous snakes out there. In my neck of the wood, you see cobra, Raven. Even the Bible talks about a type of snake they call vipers. Jesus looked at the people one day. He said, oh, you generation of vipers. In that case, it's not just calling them snakes. He said, they are a generation, a whole generation full of sin. So the Bible has a lot to say about different types of snakes. But today, for the sake of time, I just want to talk about two kinds that I notice in the church. Is that all right? The first kind are called blue runners. What did I call them? It's a type of snake that will chase you. Are you still here this morning? Wherever you go, they'll chase you. And some people in the church are church runners. Am I telling the truth this morning? How you know if you see a, a church runner snake? This is the kind of church member that chase every woman in the church. Don't look at your neighbor now. I'm just... I'm just having a conversation this morning. Not just men, there are some women who are chat runners. They go after every man. Yes, 
Like earlier this morning, I asked one of my new pastors to introduce himself and make a note. Then after church, they start texting me. Reverend, is he married or single? So I'm talking about a type of snake called blue runners. I call them chart runners. You see people saying, Amen, Amen, Amen. What they're really saying, I want a man. Oh, I'm going to preach this gospel. <laughs> it's good to be free. Don't be a church runner. Amen. Amen. I want a man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, but I do want to tell you about another kind of snake for the sake of time. It's called Python. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have never seen or met a python, it's the largest type of snake in the whole world. And there are some python spirit in the house of God. Now, don't get me wrong, a python will bite you, but it's not poisonous. And, and what is so funny about this kind of snake is that it's easy for other church members to fall a prey, a prey for, to this snake because, because they have no poison in them. You think they're all right. But a python will choke life out of you. It's not the bite. In fact, if, if a python bites you, the bite is just to grab you. And then once it grabs you, then we roll, it will roll his coil, coil around you. And then once it's all around you now, then it can choke life out of you. And I hate to tell you, the goal of a python is to suffocate you. To strangle you, to take breath out of you. And if you know anything about the Bible, the Holy Spirit represents the breath of God. If you know anything about the creation of man, it's not the dust that makes a man, it's not the dust that makes a woman, it's the breath of God. And so, a python spirit comes to the house of God and wrap itself around you and little by little it begins to choke you and take the breath out of you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's when you look at a church and on the outside everything looks normal. But there is no breath. No anointing. No presence of God. Fancy building. Good looking people. But when you look beyond the surface, no power. Why? Because this Python spirit had come slowly 
Before you realize it, you are singing, but there's no anointing. The spirit don't care if your choir sound professional. That piping spirit don't care if your preacher can hoop and hollow and put on a show. He don't care if all the harmony in the choir is so perfect. Everybody blended together. Or you are famous in the community for being a good choir. As long as there's no power, you're just making noise. Devil knows the scripture. And he knows it is the anointing. That will remove every burden and destroy the yoke. So as long as there's no anointing, he knows then the audience, the public, they're just hearing good sound. Ladies and gentlemen, let me warn you, a python spirit is a demonic spirit. From the beginning in Genesis, to the end in Revelation, when God was talking about serpent, there's a real spirit that inhabits the snake. And that's what I want to warn you about today. Devil wants to choke your prayer life. Have you ever wondered why you're in a church? Why you get excited when you are singing? But when it comes to prayer, the whole church went flat. There is a spirit behind it. It's called Python spirit. And he has choked your prayer life. And even if you look beyond the church walls, even in your private homes, many people's prayers become only routine. Well, I pray when I, when I want to sleep. Or when I wake up in the morning. Oh, I pray before I eat my food. Is that really a prayer life? Believe it or not, a pattern spirit is trying to show your worship life. Before you blink your eyes and open it again, you see a church that's used to rocking and praising God and full of excitement. Now it's cold. Pattern spirit may be all over the pews and you don't even know it. And sometimes this kind of snake, snake spirit, will choke the growth of the church. I said it on record. This church never go through any month without at least 100 new members. Where did that go? There's a python spirit. I'm on an assignment, you know. Sometimes I try to be funny, but really, there's a serious message. We got to be delivered corporately and individually. 
is a python spirit that comes to the community and chuck the life of the community. I was told and I read about it. I did my homework. This central Louisiana was blossoming. The fourth largest, most important city in the whole state. Where did that go? There's a spirit. Now you see why I don't have too many friends. You will know the truth. The truth will set you free. And Python is so deceptive because his bite is now poisonous. He may be choking life out of you and you don't even know it. Even Python will, will choke your dreams. It will choke your thinking. It will choke your vision. If you're not careful, Python spirit will choke your finances. It's a scary thing when you see people who used to thrive financially. And now they have nothing. I met a man over there at the levee one time, and I was shocked when he told me he had a master's degree. He had a beautiful home, lost everything. Now he's living under the bridge. A python spirit doesn't play. Are you still here? Please permit me, I know... uh, my time is, is up, but I want to help somebody. Let me give you some, some signs that you can tell if you are under attack of a python spirit. Come on, sir. Because I told you when it bites, it, there's no poison there. So many people are under the attack of a python, but they don't know it. What are the signs? Or the doctors will say, what are the symptoms of this disease? Number one, when you see yourself in a cycle of defeat and failure. A cycle. You try this, it fails. You try that, it fails. You go after this, it fails. You, you seek this employment, they won't take you. You take, try that one, they won't. And after some point, you ought to ask yourself, what's wrong with me? And it's not you. There's a spirit that is trying to chuck life out of you. You know you qualify for the job. Many times you're better than the ones that are working. But a python spirit. Another sign you need to look for is when you are choking and suffocating. You all call it COVID-19, but I stop by to tell you some theological revelation when you have any disease that is taking your breath away. That's a python spirit. Come on, sir. You've been functioning normal. 
They say, oh, it goes into your lung. Oh, now you can breathe. And before you realize, people, many people that died of COVID-19, they died because they couldn't breathe. A python will wrap itself around you. You cannot see it in the physical, but in the spirit, it's choking life. You can't breathe. You are gasping. And before you realize it, you're dead. And there are many who are still alive today, but they cannot breathe. There are preachers who have strong voice, can preach the gospel, but now they could not hang. Five minutes, God will hand up. And no breath. That's what a python spirit would do. People who can sing before, all of a sudden, now they have no voice. It'll be choking you, suffocating you, making sure you cannot breathe. Another symptom that you should look for is when you find yourself in a life that you are powerless. It just seems that everything you're trying to do, every time you lay your hand on something, it just doesn't work. You become a victim of your circumstance. You become powerless in your situation. Powerless in your marriage. Powerless in your ministry. You'll be surprised how many pastors, they are pastoring a church, but they ain't got no power. Not no power in the spirit. No power in the natural. They hold the office, but somebody else is running the church. A python spirit will kill you while you're still living. Another symptom of Python spirit attack is when you find yourself, ladies and gentlemen, you're dealing with spirit of limitation. It's like a ceiling. You've been, you've been climbing and climbing, and you get here, and then government, they will say it's a gas, glass ceiling for women. The devil is alive. There is no limitation in God. It's a python spirit hidden in the system. And you don't have to be a woman. You can be a man. You're pushing, you're pushing. But they, it's like there's a car up here. You reach a baseline and you can't move anymore. It's a state of limitation. Hopelessness. You know why I can tell you about this? I, even in my own life, I had to deal with this spirit. Ain't no shame in my game. The Lord blesses me because I'm notoriously transparent. The enemy will begin to suffocate you. You know you got what it takes. But every time you try to step one step forward, you find yourself two steps backward. I had to be delivered from. And the moment I was delivered, all of a sudden, everything I touched turned to gold. The Bible said you will be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. You bring forth your fruit in your season. And everything you do, 
You're supposed to be the head and not the tail. You're supposed to be above and not beneath. You're supposed to be blessed when you come in. When you go out, you're supposed to be blessed. Everything around you ought to be blessed. I was talking to one of my employees one day. I said, look, we need to pray. I'm sick and tired of hearing you just always in some trouble, always in some struggle. If you go to work with me, you're supposed to be blessed. Another symptom you should look for is when you are living, but you're always experiencing fatigue. You're always tired. Everybody is moving. Everybody is running. America is a place of activity. There's no dull moment in this country. Everybody. Everybody. We're all over the place. And then, for you, Fatigue. Not just that, a, a spirit of a python will keep you in health problem. Ain't nothing wrong to be sick. It's part of life. There's something we call wear and tear. But what do you do when you make a career out of being sick? What do you do that you you always in the doctor's office? Do you think God hates you? There's a spirit behind all this foolishness. And the doctors know it. Not talking against doctors. I have my own children in that profession. But you come in, before you leave, they make another appointment. (laughs) Dr. Dara, no, don't rush. We need to make a... (laughs) The devil is a liar. (laughs) You're not going to make me a guinea pig? There is a fountain. Filled with blood. Drawn from Emmanuel's fame. And any sinner... Anybody in trouble, you run beneath that and lose all your guilty state. Don't let the devil tie you down. Don't let him rob you of your health. Don't let him rob you of your finances. Don't let him rob you of your progress. God is a good God. Yes, he is. I want us to pray before we leave today. My time is up. But I want to pray for somebody. As I'm praying for my own self. If you see any area of your life. I'm going to ask you all to stand. Because the Bible said it. And I believe it. John chapter 10 verse 10. He said I came. That you might have life. That you might have life abundantly. You don't need to be sluggish. 
You don't need to deal with fatigue every day. You don't need to deal with depression every year. How you can't be taking medication. I, one time I, I went home and I saw all the bottles. I said, where, where, where did they come from? This, this is something they've prescribed. And the bottles were going on my own. I said, okay, thank you, Jesus. I know this spirit when I see it. I had to be delivered. And if you're here today and you want God to deliver you, notice how, oh, I wish I had time. In the book of Acts chapter 16, Paul was preaching and he ran into a slave girl and this slave girl had a spirit of divination. divination. That word divination means python in Greek. The question must be asked, how did Paul cast that spirit out? The first thing Paul did, he confronted it. You can never be free from a spirit of python unless you have the courage to say, I'm sick and tired of this. The next thing that Paul did is what any pastor, any preacher should do. The Bible said, he said, hey, you spirit of Python, come out of him. And immediately, not in the sweet by and by. You know, sometimes we lie to ourselves in the church. We say, oh, he got to, he is healed in heaven. No, healing right, you don't need healing in heaven. Let me, let me get, I don't want to get on the preachers. All this stupid preaching has no basis in the scripture. Why are you alive right now? God wants you to give, to give you life, to give you abundant life. He said, I give you power over every serpent. So as the music is playing, I'm going to invite you to come forward. I want to pray with you. We're going home. If you're that man, if you're that woman, you say, Lord, touch me again. Touch me again. I used to be very active. I want you to touch my finance. I want you to touch my children. I want you to touch my marriage. I want you to touch my business. I want you to touch my job. I want you to touch my health, Lord. You are the one that God sent me to. I know what it is to be attacked by spirit of Python. I go places. I see miracles. I walk into town. The town get blessed. All of a sudden, I see the spirit choking life out of me. No, I refuse to die before my time. Is there anybody else? You can sing that song. Yes, Lord. Brother Hall, do you know? What that spirit did to me, spirit of Python, I became what you call procrastinating. 
my work was piling up. I couldn't keep up because it was choking life out of me. I was full of energy before then. I mean, couldn't keep up with emails, couldn't keep up with text messages, couldn't keep up with my work, couldn't keep up with family life. Everything was procrastination. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I said, wait a minute. It's a spirit. COVID, Dr. Dr. Harvey. COVID attacked me. I couldn't breathe. The doctor said, no, we're going to have to put you on ventilation. I said, ventilation? It was right here this past year. The month is February. You all just thought pastor was traveling. No, I wasn't traveling. The Negro was sick. He would choke life out of you. You can't breathe. Lift your hands towards heaven. Father God, in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you said it and I believe it. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, you can cast out demons. I see Paul say, in the name of Jesus, come out of him. And today in that precious name, I speak to every forces of darkness. Attacking our marriage. Attacking our homes. Attacking our children. Attacking our finances. People working with nothing to show for it. Every spirit of python. Trying to choke our finances. Trying to mess with our health. I cast them out right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord I thank you. Your name is Jehovah Rapha, our God who healeth us. You say you send your word and heal the people. Father, I thank you. I proclaim your word. You said if you would just teach the world, I'll do the rest. And Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. Hear your people say, Here am I. Use me, Lord. Here am I. Touch me, Lord. Here am I. Heal my body. Make a way out of nowhere. Father, right now, do it again. You deliver me from the spirit of Python. You can do it for any man, any woman in this house. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak to spirit of Python. From the pulpit to the pews, be cast out right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. You don't belong to our homes. You don't belong to our church. You don't belong to our family. You don't belong to our marriage. You don't belong. You don't hide out in our children. I cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ. The word of God said they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. Father, I pray right now that the blood of Jesus that speak better thing than the, the blood of Abel will be sufficient for you. I pray the blood of Jesus Christ will cover you and me from all harm and danger. The blood of Jesus Christ will speak for us when we cannot speak for our own sake. 
I pray for a divine covering over your life. I define covering over your family. I define covering over every seed of your womb. I define covering over your gifting, your talent. I pray, oh God, that wherever the devil has been messing, I pray for transformation right now. I pray, oh God, that you will restore us. David said he restored my soul. Have your way in this house. This is a thriving church. This is the biggest church in our community. Lord, we will never be a part of history. When somebody say they used to be big, now they are nobody. The spirit of Python has chosen chalk life out of many churches. They used to be great. They used to be famous. They are now nothing. Not here, not here, not here. In the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke that spirit right now. Lord, I thank you for growth. I thank you for increase. I thank you for manifestation of the power of Holy Ghost. It is so. In Jesus' name. Open your mouth, shout amen. Open your mouth, shout amen. Come on, give God your loudest amen. It is so. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. If you're looking for a church home, please see Pastor Josh and his lovely wife who will stand right here. And we want to say thank you for studying the word of God with me. Grass withered, flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. And thank you, choir, children. You are awesome. I am so proud of you. Thank you for helping us to praise God this morning. Come on, help me thank them again. Come on, come on, help me thank them. Yes. I'm going to invite one of our pastors to come and do our benediction. And the pastor, come on, Pastor Smith. Thank you very much. Now may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may the Lord make his face to shine upon you, may the Lord be gracious unto you and lift up his countenance unto you and give you his peace. Have a great and blessed and safe week in Jesus' name. And thank you for our children. Keep you, keep blessing, praying for them, and bring them to the houses to the Lord. Amen. Love y'all children. Y'all did a fine job.